Hey, it's Jesse Castro. Welcome to my second podcast. I want to do a little bit of house cleaning, so I want to tell you what I'm doing. First, we're changing our name. We're no longer going to be the 365-day challenge. There's too many people using that. So we've changed the name to the Jesse Castro Experiment. And you'll understand why it's an experiment as we go forward. It is going to still be the 365 days, but you'll understand what that experiment is. I've also changed the way we're going to do things. So we've got a format that we're going to go by now. Just so you know, I have some really cool intros and really cool outros. They should be here in about a week. Uh, What you're going to hear is you're going to hear that intro first. Then you'll hear me introduce the topic and the episode. Then we'll get into the heart of the conversation. At the end there, you'll hear the outro. And I just want you to know that each episode for the next 90 days is going to be between 15 and 30 minutes. You'll also receive these at 4 p.m. Arizona time every day. Again, that's 4 p.m. Arizona time every day. I'm going to build a page that lets you opt in. And the reason I'm going to build that page, so when you opt in, you're going to get a bunch of sheets and and diagrams and all these different things that I'm going to be posting. I have some new equipment coming as well so that you can actually be with me on the screen and see what I'm doing. I can show you what to look for. I can show you how to do certain things. We can talk about problems that you may have. We'll do Zoom sessions together so whoever's on can ask questions and I can show you how to take care of those problems right right then and there. It'll be kind of cool. Today I want to talk a little bit about VPN and Pure Cloud. I get questions all the time about what what is a VPN, Jesse? Well, a VPN, that stands for Virtual Private Network. And a virtual private network allows you to be at home and you can log into the router that is at your office. Once you authenticate with those credentials, it then will forward you to your computer so that it feels like you're in the cloud. And I guess technically you are in the cloud, but that cloud is based in your office. You can call it the cloud just because you're remoting in. That being said, there's also other ways to get in. So a lot of people that I know are using Microsoft RDP to get in just by itself, no VPN. You have to have a VPN, otherwise you're not secure. Most VPNs are 256-bit encryptions, and you know that'll take you forever to break. But if you're not using VPN and you're just using Microsoft's RDP, Remote Desktop Protocol, you're in trouble. And here's why. Before you actually log into the PC, it's unsecure. So if you are at your house and you log into your computer at work, you're going over the internet. And now you can just think of the internet as this big, huge pipe. And you can think of hackers as having little eye sockets up to that pipe. Well, as you're going across, because you don't have any encryption, now all encryption is, you can think of encryption like this. When something is encrypted, what you're sending are called, they're called packets. You're sending these little bits of data to the computer so that it knows what's going on. When you encrypt it, it puts a bunch of garbage data around the main data frame and nobody can see that. So it looks like garbage. Okay. But when you're using Microsoft's RDP and no, no VPN, you can think of that big tunnel, like I just said, and all these little eye sockets up to that. And so as you start to type your name in, because you've already made that connection to your, to your office desktop, you start to type your username in, they see that they can see that username. And then all of a sudden you put your password in. Now they have your username and password. Now the second you log in, it's encrypted. But what's important is that it isn't beforehand. And if they do that, you're going to end up having somebody do something like uh, 
put a keylogger on your system, which will track every keystroke that you do. So if you end up using your business uh, or your, your work computer for personal use and you go to your bank, they're gonna catch it. Or if you're part of the accounting team and you're going to your bank for the business, they're gonna catch it. That's how people get hacked. So you wanna make sure for sure that you're at least using the VPN. If you were in a pure cloud solution, pure cloud solution means that your server is virtualized, your, it doesn't have to be virtualized, but it mostly is virtualized, and your desktops are virtualized, and the whole infrastructure is in a data center, which is called a cloud, okay? It's just a different building with, and it's huge racks of, of servers and stuff like that, but it's in a very secure location. I mean, it's like Fort Knox. You can't get in there without a badge. Uh, so that going down is not going to happen. The redundancy and all of the other things that you get with that, we can talk about a little bit later on, but that's pure cloud. So you're logging in from your computer or your desk at your office into another environment. And that is secure from endpoint to endpoint. That's the pure cloud. And that's where our goal is. We're going to get to the pure cloud by the end of the 365 days so that you can understand what that is. That's what we do every day. I will tell you that backups are a big deal. If you don't have backups or if you don't know if your backups are being done, uh, you gotta know that. I'm telling you that every time we go out and check, we always find, it's inevitable, always find somebody that doesn't have a backup. We had a customer call us, they're a customer now, but we had a customer uh, or a potential customer at one time call us and they had just just got, in, uh, got one of the uh, viruses that encrypt your data and they were panicking. I happened to be at another client of mine and the gal that worked at this law firm is married to the, to the guy that worked at my clients. And I happened to be there and he says, hey, come here, can you come in here for a minute? So I go into his office, he's the CFO. And he says, Jesse, I, I need you to call my wife. I said, okay, what's wrong? And he says, they just got hacked and all their data is encrypted. And I said, do they have backups? He said, I don't know. So I called her. And she says, I think we have backups. I think we're probably gonna be okay. Well, find out they didn't. Now here's the, here's the story. This is a crazy thing. This happened on a Thursday, okay? This was a Thursday. And the gal that got, that, that uh, was hit had called the IT that was supporting them at the time and said, something crazy is going on with my computer. Can you log in and check? So they said, sure. They logged in and they checked. And the IT person said, oh, don't worry about that. That is a Microsoft, that's Microsoft doing updates. Oh boy. So she just kept continuing. Well, the next thing she knew, now she couldn't get into Word documents and she couldn't get into PDFs and she couldn't get into all these things. Had that person knew what he was doing, that would never have happened. That would have stopped right there at her PC and they wouldn't have lost anything because all of the stuff they use was on the server. Well, because he let that go, that Friday, her, her system didn't do anything. It was, it was done. She couldn't do anything. So she had to work on another PC. Well, as that thing was encrypting, it started encrypting all the files on the server. Every single file. You couldn't read what the file name was nor when you when you try to open it nor could you open it so all the data they were creating was now getting encrypted then comes saturday nothing they can't see anything anywhere 
They call me back up in a panic. And I go over there and I said, look, you guys already have IT here. I don't want to make this awkward. So you need to preface this by letting them know that we're here to help them if they have any problems. And that's what they did. We went in there and I started going through and looking at they They deleted what are called shadow copies. They did all kinds of things to really mess up this network. So we started to look for the backup. Well, the other company didn't want to tell me, but they hadn't had a backup in two years. Two years! What the hell is going on here? I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. So there they were. No backup, no nothing. I had to do a whole bunch of stuff. I finally found part part of the uh, uh, some stuff that I could pull off. I had been through this process multiple times before, so I knew what to look for. And I pulled a bunch of stuff back, and they were happy with that. And they started seeing this, and I said, but the other stuff you're not going to get back. You're going to have to pay for this. You're going to have to pay for that ransom. Well, they ended up paying the ransom. Long story short, they have real trouble getting the data back. Uh, we had to take in and show them how to get this and pull this back, and it was such a painfully slow process because the the key that they gave them was working, but the tool they gave them wasn't. So we had to put everything on the C drive, pull down one folder, and then move the data. Pull down another folder, move the data. Now, this is 14 years worth of data from a law firm. And guess what they were using? RDP encryption. So don't do that. You will lose data. It's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. Another thing that you shouldn't do, if you're at home and you're using your own personal PC to connect to your office, stop doing that. I've been warning people since this whole thing started not to do that, and here's why. What's gonna end up happening is somebody is going to lose everything. And how they're gonna lose it is they're gonna get hacked. And when they get hacked, it's going to propagate into that network. They are gonna be very frustrated because their personal, personal life is on there. Their pictures, all of that stuff is on their own personal computer. That's gonna get encrypted. They're not gonna have access to it. And then they're gonna to try to sue the company. And this is going to happen. And as soon as it does, it's gonna set a precedent. So I'm trying to warn people now, don't use your personal computer because you will be responsible for it, not the company. If you are using your own personal computer and the IT at your location hasn't told you anything about the security stack that they have, you need to ask for that. You need to say, look, I'll use my system, but I need the security stack we have at work so that my system is safe so that I don't infect you and vice versa. If you're not using the security stack from your office, you should not be using your personal computer to connect remotely. Now, that being said, when you're in the cloud, when you're in the pure cloud, you use, we use thin clients. So a thin client is a device that is, it doesn't have any moving parts. It doesn't have anything in it except for uh, like a, a chip that has an image burnt into it. So the system won't ever have a problem. I mean, you're not going to overheat. You're not going to have any, you hear any fans going on. None of that kind of stuff.
Its sole purpose is to connect you to your device in the cloud. And that is a really cool feature because you can do it from anywhere on any device at any time. Now, if your people inside your office say that you don't have access after five o'clock, we can lock that stuff down, of course. But you can get to it from anything, anywhere at any time. And it's much safer because we have redundancy built in. So redundancy means that we have multiple servers, not only there duplicating each other, but we also have facilities. So we have one facility in, in Las Vegas, and then we have another facility in Virginia. And it duplicates not only server to server in Las Vegas, but then it duplicates that whole process and pushes it over to Virginia. And that's how we keep our backups and everything straight so that you don't lose data and you're not worrying about it. Now, here's a bunch of benefits to that, too. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about this and a lot about the benefits of how this works. And you're going to hear me say it over and over and over and over. And you're going to hear it and you're going to understand it. But right now, when you go and buy a PC, you're paying for the PC hardware. You're paying for Windows 10. You have to buy the license for that. You're paying for the antivirus. You're paying for... Uh, the hard drive and all the space and all of that good stuff. When you go into the pure cloud, like with us, we take care of that. You don't have to worry about the upgrades. That's one of the biggest problems that, that people face is every time Microsoft makes a change, you have to upgrade. And if your hardware isn't able to handle it, now you have to buy new hardware. So when you're in the pure cloud with us, and you, we call it IA, or infrastructure as a service, IAAS. You've heard of the term SaaS before, software as a service. That's your Microsoft Office 365, those kind of things. But infrastructure as a service is also a thing. And that's when we take your infrastructure and we move it into the cloud and we duplicate everything that you had on your, in your office. It's now in the cloud. So you don't have the you don't have the cost of, of keeping that room's room cool like it was before. Uh, you don't have all of those expenses, and over the course of time, it saves you a lot of money. And you don't have to worry about upgrading anything because we upgrade things all the time on our end, and it's for a, a fixed fee. So we have several things that we do there, and we can talk about that kind of stuff a little bit later on. I just wanted to start this dialogue so that we understand kind of what I'm thinking about and where I'm going. One of the cool things is, like I said before, we have some new equipment coming up. And once we get the new equipment, we'll start posting these things so you can actually see me as I'm talking and as I'm going through stuff uh, on the screen. But I wanna show you some of, the, some of the challenges that happen. And I'm telling you, there's one group right now that is working overtime. While a lot of us are stuck at home and can't go to work and can't do anything, there's one group that's working overtime. And those are the hackers. And I'm telling you to get in. If you have any vulnerability in your network, they're going to get in. And you can think of your network in two different ways. You have an inside wall, and that's where you and everybody sit and, and work together in a, what they call a LAN, a local area network. And then you have the outside perimeter, which is the WAN, which is where you get your internet services coming in. They're trying to hit that WAN connection and find any hole that they can find. And I'm telling you, people who are using things like Dropbox, Google Drive, those kind of things, they're okay, but I wouldn't use them in a professional environment unless you have the professional side of them. Uh, otherwise, you can be hacked. 
I can send you reports that show you how many times they've been hacked. So if you didn't know this, you'll know now. Um, I'm going to be in a movie. We started recording the movie. And it is probably not going to be done until the end of this year at this point. I have a book coming out on cybersecurity. So I can tell you about all of these things. I'm very interested in those things. And you will be too. And we'll simplify those and show you what they mean. We'll talk about the dark web. It is a very, very interesting place. Uh, If you haven't looked up the word Silk Road, S-I-L-K Road, look it up. There's a guy that... uh, I know his mother personally, and he is in prison right now for running that website in the dark web. He's in there. He's got two life sentences, plus 40 years, no chance of parole. And he's never been convicted of anything ever in his life until this. And it's a a tragic story. It's a very tragic story. They made him a scapegoat, and that's how I feel. Yes, he should have got time for doing what he did, and he did. But not not two life sentences. Everybody else involved was, uh, you know, they had 10 years or something like that. Very interesting. We'll get into that story a little bit as well. and We'll talk about that. Um, in fact, I was going to have his mom. She was going to be on in the movie with us, the cybersecurity movie. But she doesn't want him to become the poster boy for the dark web. Well, he's already the poster boy and always has been. This happened clear back in 2011. And he got caught in 2013 so he's been in in prison now for seven years Uh, he's got to be very very careful and I'll tell you I get into the dark web frequently and I do that to learn a lot of people say well you're crazy you shouldn't be down in there and there's a lot of bad things yeah there's a lot of bad things that's true and you can buy anything that you want down there drugs guns anything you want but I don't go down there for all of those reasons now let me tell you something there are different parts of the dark web so what Ross Ulbricht was doing, he's, he's the one that really formalized Bitcoin. And that's why Bitcoin is such a big deal today. And it's because of him. And that's why they think that he got the book thrown at him. But we'll talk about that later. But what he was doing was much different than what hackers are doing. He wasn't trying to steal your credentials. He was, he's a libertarian and, he, and that's fine. I don't, don't want to get into the politics of it. But he believes that you should be able to do anything that you want to do as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else. And so he created a platform, not by himself, and I can tell you that for sure because the guy doesn't even know how to code, which is crazy. But he created a platform that allowed people to sell their product on his site. And that's why he got the kingpin charge. And because of that, he's got that double life sentence. He's in an Arizona prison here. Um, what else was I going to talk about? I was going to say something about that. Dang, just slipped my mind. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit about the dark web. We'll talk about how that works. Uh, Oh, here's what I was going to say. The dark web, there's lots of different things that you can do in the dark web. He wasn't out there trying to get people's credit cards and trying to get their credentials and trying to get those things. Those hackers are different than the kind of stuff that he was doing. And so there is a significant difference between these things, and you have to understand what they are. You can't classify them all together and put them in one big bowl because they're not the same. They're different. Uh, The people that are attacking you, the people that are attacking me, and that are trying to get our credentials, those are hackers. Some of them are, are crazy. And I will tell you, there are things out there now, 
You heard me talk about software as a service, the Office 365. You heard me talk about infrastructure as a service, moving your stuff to the cloud. They also have, uh, what are they calling it? It's something as a service. I don't remember what it is. It's like crypto as a service. But what they're doing is that these guys have written the crypto locker type of viruses, the ransomware, and they've taken that ransomware and now you can go down into the dark web and buy it and you can start sending it out to people you know and encrypting them and making them pay you and you're making money that way. It's a really crazy thing. We can get into that whole story because it's a fascinating story. How the whole Tor browser got started and how, how that whole thing works, how the whole dark web works. It's very, very fascinating. It's kind of scary, kind of spooky. It doesn't have to be, but we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm excited about telling you what I have done, what I have learned uh, to get there. And, you know, in this movie that we're in, uh, we talk a little bit about it. We don't go deep in, into that. We go deep into into what the dark web is and how you get there. Most people don't even know how to do that. In fact, some of the people in our in our movie didn't even know how to get there. And it's probably best that they don't. So I'll tell you these things, but I'm going to give you a warning and I'm going to tell you straight up, don't go do this stuff yourself if you're not an expert. If you don't know how to get into the dark web, don't try it. Because if you get caught, it can land you in prison for a long time and you have no recourse, man. None. So don't do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. It is going to be a fun, fun time. So again, I just want to go back and recap what we talked about earlier. We've changed the name. We are no longer going to be 365 Day Challenge. This is now going to be the Jesse Castro Experiment. We have a new format. You're going to hear the cool new intro. You're going to hear me introducing the topic and the episode. Then we'll talk about uh, whatever it is that we're going to talk about. Then you'll hear the outro. Each of these podcasts are going to be between 15 and 30 minutes for the next 90 days. And I'll start putting these things out ahead of time. And we'll start talking about those so you'll know what the next one is going to be about. Every day they're going to be sent to you at 4 p.m. Arizona time. 4 p.m. Arizona time. That way you have it in your inbox and I'll get those every single day. But you'll also know what we're going to be talking about uh, the following day. Right now, I don't know what that is. I'm going to go and start putting all of these things together. It's going to take a little bit of time for me to get kind of in the groove so I know what I'm what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more on those topics tomorrow. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>